I'm really excited. Picture this. You hopped on the band rocket, and now you're on Planet Butter, a world made of delicious, sparkly peanut butter volcanoes and an adorable disco ball of self-reflection is whirling around in her red convertible. Hello, this is the Self-Friendship Podcast. I'm Blizzard Planet, and thank you to all of my Substack subscribers. You make this show possible, and if you are new here, welcome and subscribe to my Substack to be notified of new episodes and receive more content. Last Sunday for my birthday, I finished creating the art and doing the layout for Planet Butter's first book titled Party of One. I plan to release it this coming week. Formatting is super technical and not my strong suit, so stay tuned. <laughs> the book is where the world of Planet Butter comes to life, and Blissy, the disco ball of self-reflection, bops around showing exactly what self-friendship looks like in action as her party of one. I'm super excited to share it with you all, and I hope you will love it. If you want to email me, as always, to shift your perspective about something challenging you're experiencing or with any questions about self-friendship, or if you just want to share a story about your party of one, email me, selffriendshippodcast at gmail.com. Today, I'm going to tell you my answer to last week's question, why self-friendship is what, not how, a thought to ponder, how to handle a pushy waiter, a party of one story from this week featuring some birthday magic, how I stay present and productive, what I realized at the highest level of meditation I've ever experienced, a new perspective on mantras, and then we will finish up with a brand new question for you to self-reflect, self-connect, and email me if you so desire, selffriendshippodcast at gmail.com. So my answer to last week's question, which was, What's an action you've taken, a.k.a. something you've committed to, that you enjoy recommitting to? And what is something you've committed to that you don't want to recommit to? So the thing that I have committed to and continue to recommit to because I enjoy recommitting to it is simply my workouts. My workouts are so grounding for me. They give me high energy, fresh energy. They release everything from my body. They make me feel strong. They remind me that I'm strong. They... Just give me such a great vibe for my day. So I love to recommit to those. And then what I don't want to recommit to, in the last few years, I figured out that I really don't enjoy going out to bars and drinking a lot. I still have an occasional cocktail or something. Like on my birthday, I had a little espresso martini with tequila, not vodka. And I enjoyed it. It's like an occasional thing. But honestly... Drinking just doesn't make me feel good. I don't see, there's no benefits to it at all. Like I said, the occasional taste, it's like yummy and whatever, but it's rare, honestly. And with time, it's like less and less and less and less. And even now, it's still like, I don't know, once a month, maybe. <laughs> it's really not my thing. So I don't enjoy recommitting to that, um, but I have committed to it in the past. It's been something that I thought I enjoyed doing, only to realize it's not. So it's not something that I want to recommit to. And I would love to hear your answers to the question again for the third time if you want to email me, selffriendshippodcast at gmail.com. All right. Now, a lot of people and the podcasts that I've been on have asked me how in relation to self-friendship. And I understand it's a very human thing to want to know how, 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 how. Ugh, here's the thing, guys. I do offer the three core methods as a grounding point for practicing your self-friendship, which are boundaries, confidence, and alignment. And you can hear the elaborated version 
on my Substack. There is a full audio version for free. You don't need to pay or do anything, but if you want to sign up, you totally can. And you can also sign up for free or paid, whatever makes you happy. The thing is, though, I'm not the person to tell you how. And you, have, if you are a frequent of Planet Butter or Self Friendship Podcast, you know that I have said I am not a coach. And you might have also experienced me getting a little frustrated when people ask me how, because I really want people to understand that I am not the person to tell you how. I'm the person to show you what it looks like and that it's attainable. The fact that I can attain self-friendship and practice self-friendship means you can too. Your how is through your own trial and error. You need to do the work to find the resources that are going to become your personal, individual, unique version of quote-unquote how. And how is really more like what. Because it's what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? What increases your energy? What exhausts you? The how is actually just living, self-reflecting, checking in with yourself. As I say, self-reflect to self-connect. If you're alive, you've got the how covered. Then it's a matter of what. What are you saying to yourself? What do your conversations sound like with yourself? When you make a mistake, what do you say to yourself? When you look in the mirror, what do you say to yourself? When you're going for a walk and somebody looks at you a little longer than you'd like, what's your first thought? Now, obviously, that's more situation-based. Uh, maybe not the best question to ask. But it's not not the best question to ask because your interpretation of this person staring at you for too long in your opinion, will tell you a lot about the way you think. So do you just react by saying, hi, do you think that maybe they know you? Uh, do you think they're creepy? Like, I don't know. It depends. But again, that's really context-based, so it depends who's staring. But anyway, I hope you get the gist. So if you're alive, you've got the how covered. Now to hopefully further inspire this consideration... Flynn Skidmore is a really cool therapist and podcast host that I follow on Instagram. And the same day that I was writing about the concept of self-friendship being focused on what, not how, he wrote the following on his story. Research shows that 90% of people report they are self-aware, but after measuring for self-awareness, only about 15% actually are. Now, to be fair, I don't know where he got this research from and I don't know how many people were surveyed and there's a lot of variables to critically think about as I always try to encourage. However, he is a reliable resource so I'm going to trust in this fact that he is sharing and share it with you. So he continues to write, why is that? In his opinion, people confuse self-intellectualization with self-understanding. Self-intellectualizing is the repetition of stories that you think explain who you are what your patterns are, and how you came to be. These stories tend to have a harsh tone. Self-understanding is having a deeply felt relationship with your internal world, a.k.a. self-friendship, a.k.a. your planet, he carries on to say. Self-intellectualizing asks why. Asking why puts your unconscious on the defense and almost guarantees that you do not understand yourself. Example. Why am I like this? Why me? Self-understanding, self-friendship, asks what? He says, what is important to me? What outcome do I want to create? What do I feel? What do I want to feel? 
So hopefully, between the two of us, that further inspires you to reflect on what in relation to your self-friendship rather than asking me how. I am not the person to tell you how. I am the person to show you and for you to hopefully feel inspired to see, wow, that's possible? Cool. I want to figure out what works for me too. All right, on to the next. Okay, here's my little silly fun thought for your consideration. And I think in recent years, this has become kind of a thing. I want to normalize rewriting history. As we evolve, our perspectives change. The facts don't. But rewriting based on our self-reflection as a collective is absolutely valid. Obviously, the perspective at the given time is also what created the facts. So I think that's kind of an interesting part to consider. And we could dive deeper for a really long time on that. But I didn't dig deeper. I just wrote that down and wanted to share it. So I shared it. We can apply it to self-friendship in our own day-to-day lives in that you're growing, you're evolving, and you might have seen yourself in a certain way at the time of whatever happened and therefore saw the world a certain way. And then now with time, you see yourself differently. So when you look at your past self in that same situation, the same facts that happened, you're allowed to change your perspective of what and why this occurred while the facts still stay true. And I think that can actually be a very empowering thing. So I want to normalize rewriting history. Okay, now how to handle pushy waiters. On my birthday, I was out to dinner with some friends and it was a very nice, it was, what was it? Katsuya in Brentwood and delicious sushi. And the waiter tried to upsell me on the already $30 sushi roll asking, which the fact that he used this word, it's like, do you think I've never gone out to dinner before, sir? He says, do you want to make it fancy? So I said, no. And then he said, well, he playfully pushed back asking why. So I went with it because he was playful. And we were obviously making friends with him the whole time. And I said, we like the balance of a couple of simple roles and a few complex roles or the specialty roles. But then he had the audacity to push again. He goes, I don't get it. And that's when the game is over. I smile, I laugh, and I said, good thing you don't have to get it. I'm the one eating it. Again, I talked about this last week sincere and kind and playful while still being very clear about my boundaries and my confidence on what it is that I'm saying which is no but again the playful and kind and sincere delivery allows for a positive dynamic between myself and the waiter or whoever it is in the given situation because I'm not being harsh but I am sticking to my boundaries okay now party of one birthday magic okay so on my birthday In the morning, I went to sunrise and I did my breath work on the beach and did my workout. It was amazing. And during sunrise, I said to the ocean, I said, hi, dolphins. If you want to come say hi to me for my birthday, you're invited. Literally 10 minutes later, a big group of dolphins popped out of the water directly in front of me. And then they went back down and they literally didn't pop up again. (laughs) They literally came to say hi to me. It was so cool. And then this was a fun one. So I went and I got my ears pierced and re-pierced. One of them was re-pierced. Well, two were re-pierced and then I got one little special middle one. I don't know. It's cool. And while I was getting my ears pierced, the woman who was doing my piercing, Nikki, she tells me she's a Reiki healer and 
she does these readings and whatever. She's so cool. And we're talking about her spirituality and the history of her family and all this stuff. Because of her spirituality and my spirituality, she told me all three piercings means three different intentions, three wishes. And we joked that that third piercing, the middle one in the middle of my ear, is uh, the grand finale. And when we finished, the second we finished piercing that one, I looked at my phone and the time was 1.07, which is the exact date of my birthday, January 7th, 1.07. So that was very spiritual, magical, amazing. And we had a lot of fun. That was it. All right, next. Whoa, this episode's so long. Okay, I don't know. We're doing it. This is what happened today. So (laughs) how to stay present. I do not think about things until they happen in that. I think about what I need to do in order to effectively execute on something that I intend to happen. So it's all about the details. It is not about the big picture, although the details are what make up the big picture. And I'm very much a big picture dreamer. So this is not coming from a place of, oh, this is easy for me and you guys should just do it too. No, I'm telling you, this is what I figured out. Again, what I figured out works for me. The how is just by living and trying as I shed some light on before. You poke around in different ways to navigate and you get to decide which doors to walk through. There's only walking through, okay? And you don't close one door and go to the next. You actually move through one door to the next. The doors don't lead to rooms. They lead to the next door. If it leads to a room, (laughs) you're not evolving. You're limiting yourself with walls. (laughs) We want to be consistently left consistently moving through doors the journey is in the time between doors but we are always between doors (laughs) I love that (laughs) Uh, so basically you stay present by keep moving forward have an idea of the big picture but focus on the tiny things that need to be done in order to get there and don't think about the big picture too much because then at least for me I get overwhelmed If I think about the big picture of something while I'm doing the little things to get there, because then it just feels overwhelming. I don't know why. It just does. So I try not to think about it. I just know, okay, that's going to happen someday. But for now, this is what I need to do. And then that's just going to happen however it happens. All right. Now. Oh, so, okay. So I've been reaching this crazy level of, whoa, meditation. And I noticed the energy flowing through my body to the degree that my external body was swaying with the energy, like back and forth a little bit. And I've previously only seen that with like monks (laughs) and on TV and whatever. But it makes a lot of sense because we're so relaxed that we're actually letting the energy of our body, because we are made up of energy, flow. And this actually ties into a video I made the other day on Instagram about the fact that a significant part of self-control is controlling ourselves to the degree of letting go of ourselves to allow for the universe or energy to actively flow through us and create space to listen to our own intuition. In the video, I reference Rick Rubin's The Creative Act, where he essentially describes humans or creators as instrumentalists and the universe as the conductor. Whereas most people, he says, tend to think that they're the conductor. And now that's why, full circle, I cannot tell you how to practice your self-friendship. 
Being alive is literally your practice and it's up to you to control yourself, to create the space, to listen to your intuition and play your part in the orchestra, as Rick Rubin calls it, that is the universe. There are plenty of people like coaches and therapists and books and blah, 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 who will offer you additional tools to help guide you in discovering what works for you. I'm not saying don't seek help. I'm just saying I'm not the person to do that. I hope I'm helping you. I hope I'm inspiring you. I hope I'm showing you. I hope I'm offering a lot of things for you to consider. But don't ask me fucking how. I don't know how. You need to know how. Just live. Be alive. That's how. Okay? And keep trying. Keep navigating. Play hide and seek with yourself. Poke around until you find the right doors that you want to walk through and keep walking through. It's on you. It's your world and you're living in it. Now, this is a great place to lead into the ending of this episode, a new way to think about mantras. So mantras, I think, have become pretty mainstream. And I also think a lot of people still seem to think they're a little cheesy or something of that nature. So I want to offer that we consider thinking of mantras more so as a default saying in your brain, as a way to pivot whatever quote unquote negative or unpleasant thoughts. It's more productive, and the experts of healthy habits always say to replace bad habits with good ones. So it's the same with the words that we use. We need to replace them, not shame them or otherwise. So think of your brain maybe as a refrigerator. <laughs> You're swapping out some spoil stuff and replacing it with Erwan quality. <laughs> oh, God. I fucking love Erwan. All right. So anyway. Treat your brain like you want to treat. Most of us can't afford it, <laughs> but <laughs> if you could, that's what you want to put in your brain, okay, <laughs> with words. Air one quality words is what I'm trying to deliver to you guys. <laughs> that said, the question for this week is, what is a mantra or now what is a default phrase that you use to hopefully replace Negative thinking, negative thoughts, quote unquote, negative, negative, unpleasant, la la la, whatever works for you. What is a default phrase that you use and makes you feel good? Let me know and I'll give you my answer next week. See you then and keep your eyes out for when Planet Butter's first book, Party of One, releases hopefully this week. <laughs> Woo!